Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. It's a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of 1 Corinthians. Today is episode 453. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 35 through 44. Let's read our passage. But someone will ask, how are the dead raised? What kind of body will they have when they come? You fool, what you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And as for what you sow, you are not sowing the body that will be, but only a seed, perhaps of wheat or another grain. But God gives it a body as he wants, and to each of the seeds its own body. Not all flesh is the same flesh. There is one flesh for humans, another for animals, another for birds, another for fish. There are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the splendor of the heavenly bodies is different from that of the earthly bodies. There is a splendor of the sun, another of the moon, and another of the stars. In fact, one star differs from another star in splendor. So it is with the resurrection of the dead, sown in corruption, raised in incorruption, sown in dishonor, raised in glory, sown in weakness, raised in power, sown a natural body, raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. This is Paul's first letter to the church in Corinth. He had found the church five years earlier on his second missionary journey. He's now on his third missionary journey, and he's in Ephesus. And he's writing this letter to the church in Corinth. They sent him a letter with some questions, or maybe more appropriately, challenges to some of his positions. And he's heard some things about them. And he's sending this letter to straighten out some of the issues. There's a lot of divisiveness in the church. They're each trying to make themselves out as more spiritual than the other. They think they're very wise. They think they're very spiritual. They think they're full of knowledge. But Paul's providing several areas of correction. And now in chapter 15, he's dealing with the subject of resurrection. It appears that some people in the church, maybe even a sizable majority, are saying there is no resurrection of the dead. Believers in Christ are not resurrected. Now, what this actually comes from is hard to say, but the best guess of some people is that there's a, a group within the church who think they are so spiritual that they have basically transcended normal life and have been spiritually resurrected and are on par with the angels now. And perhaps their view is that since they've already been spiritually resurrected, eventually they will shed off this earthly body and, and be completely spiritual then. It's hard to say exactly what their problem is. There's also some confusion about what Paul has said about resurrection. He seemed to have the view of uh, the dead bodies just going to be reanimated at the resurrection, whether they're thinking it's some kind of zombie-like thing, or whether it's just uh, the way it was with all its aches and pains, and who wants that? So Paul's providing this letter of correction, and chapter 15 is all about resurrection. He bases it on the resurrection of Jesus, verses 1 through 11. He talked about the reality of Christ's resurrection, and that's the basis of our faith. In verses 12 through 19, he talked about there is no resurrection, that Christ himself wasn't raised. In that case, our faith is pointless. We're still stuck in our sin. In verses 20 to 28, he talked about the order of resurrection. He talked about Christ being the first one resurrected as the first fruits. That is, the 
the initial one, but then showing a larger harvest of all the believers. Then in verses 29 through 34, he basically got a reality check. Well, if there's no resurrection, like you guys say, then why this? Why do you do the things you do? Why do I do the things I do? Because it wouldn't make sense if there's no resurrection. Now he's continuing today, and he's talking more specifics of what is the resurrection? What's, what's it look like? Again, they've got this, this weird idea about things of what they think Paul's talking about. So Paul's giving them the specifics. Verse 35, he says, But someone will ask, How are the dead raised? What kind of body will they have when they come? So is it just a, a reanimated corpse? Uh, a, a dead body brought back to life, either decayed or like it was when it died? Uh, are we resurrected to the same age as when we died? The same clothes as we were wearing when we died? What, what's it look like? Well, he gives an answer in verse 36. He says, you fool. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. Now, fool in the same way we would say it necessarily. It's just, it's not a correct way of thinking. What's the opposite of being a fool? Being wise. And the opposite of wisdom. In the Old Testament, wisdom is believing God. That's the beginning of wisdom, trusting God. So, trust God in all of this. And this idea of what you sow does not come to life unless it dies, that's the uh, metaphor of a seed. Jesus spoke of planting the seed, which then dies and then grows into something. You say, well, that's not biologically correct. This is no less than a biology. It's a, a metaphor, a picture. And, and the concept is you take a little seed and you bury it like it was dead. And then something grows from that. It doesn't look like the seed, but something does grow from that. And that's the same metaphor that Paul's using here. And he continues that idea of verse 37. And as for what you sow, that is what you plant, you're not sowing the body that will be, but only a seed, perhaps of wheat or another grain. So he's using this natural example of you take a seed and you put it in the ground, and then something very different, even better, comes from that. Verse 38, but God gives it a body as he wants, and to each of the seeds its own body. Now he's bringing it back to, okay, here's, here's this example of nature, but it then points back to God. It's God's action that causes all this to happen. And God's the way that designed it. And body is he wants. So God has said, you plant a kernel of wheat, and a wheat plant grows. You plant a kernel of corn, a corn plant grows. And so God's the one that designed all this. God's the one that makes it all happen. Now, verse 39, not all flesh is the same flesh. There's one flesh for humans, another for animals, another for birds, another for fish. Now, what's his point here? He's talking about different types of bodies. There's a variety of bodies, and they're all of different types, and each one is appropriate for what it is. Each one is adapted for its particular environment. Fish bodies are good for swimming in the water. Bird bodies are good for flying through the air. So each body that God has designed is appropriate for the role and the environment which God has placed it. 
So the idea here is variety of bodies, different types. And verse 40 says there are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the splendor of the heavenly bodies is different from that of the earthly bodies. Back to the idea of variety. There's different kinds of bodies. And so he's taking it beyond here, just planting plants and differences in animals. Now he's taken to things on earth, things of the heaven. In verse 41, there's a splendor of the sun, another the moon, another the stars. In fact, one star differs from another star in splendor. There he's, he's continuing in the natural examples of all the things in the sky, the, the planets, the stars, the sun, the moon, they're all different. And he adds the idea of splendor. They each have a different splendor. Variety, though. So verse 42 through 44. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. So, so it is in what way? Variety. It's different and appropriate. Sown in corruption, raised in incorruption. Sown in dishonor, raised in glory. Sown in weakness, raised in power. Sown a natural body, raised a spiritual body. If there's a natural body, there's also a spiritual body. So these lessons throughout nature has been the idea of variety. Variety according to God's plan, and a variety based on the appropriateness for role and location. So the resurrection body, you know, it's not the same as your earthly body. It's different because it's not appropriate for that role and that location. What's the location? Well, it's hard to say location because you're talking a spiritual realm. But that's just it. It's a spiritual realm, so it's a spiritual body. And we're in a fallen, corrupt, sinful world, and so our bodies are fallen, corrupt, and sinful. But the resurrected body is part of the new age, the age to come, the heavenly age, the kingdom of heaven. And so that's not appropriate. That, our earthly body is not appropriate for that realm. So our earthly bodies, corruption, dishonor, weakness, natural. The resurrection body, incorruption, glory, power, spiritual. And so will we look like we look now? I don't think that's really think that way. And so we we normally think, okay, what age will I be with it? When I'm resurrected, will be the age I well, it's no. Our age is appropriate for our earthly bodies. It's a whole different realm. So what's it like? Really can't say. It, it's what's appropriate for that heavenly realm. The whole point here is resurrection and the promise of a resurrection glorified body will be somehow linked to what we were. Somehow, I think it'll make sense when we get there. But for us to try and figure it out here right now from our perspective, it's like a, a group of corn kernels getting together saying, what do you think it's going to be like when we're corn plants? They don't know, if they could know. But it was, it's that kind of line of thinking. But we saw Jesus's resurrected body. Yeah, we did, but how accurate was what we saw. He seemed to appear and disappear and walk through walls and rise to heaven. How much of it did we really see? But there will be resurrected bodies appropriate for the kingdom of heaven.
appropriate for that time, that function, that realm, and not fallen, sinful, corrupt like we have now. So it would be a spiritual body. So his explanation for them, okay, so tell us about the resurrection. What's it going to be like? Well, he gives descriptors as best we can understand. It's a whole new realm, a whole new way. And so the body that will be appropriate for us at that point in time in that realm. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working.